0: From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Well, good morning. It is WIA National News Service
1: for week commencing June 20. Believe it or not, I'm Graham VK4BB. And uh, let's hope that all our reporters are all set online today because I'm not sure whether or not I can make it to the end of the broadcast. OK, WIA Centenary Update. The Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club decided to make its 35th annual field day that weekend, last weekend, the 12th and 13th of June, to make it the focus of its efforts to promote amateur radio in its community. The club made full use of the media kit provided by the WIA for affiliated clubs, preparing its own media release based on the generic release provided in the kit, and following the advice in the kit, as to how and when to approach local media outlets. Club spokesman Alan Nutt, VK2GD, was interviewed on the ABC Mid-North Coast Breakfast Program talking about amateur radio generally and the club's field day. In the afternoon, Michael Owen, WIA President, was a guest for 20 minutes on Fiona Wiley's ABC statewide program originating from the ABC studios in Port Macquarie. A soundbite of an early experimental station acting as a broadcasting station from the WIA's Sound of Amateur Radio CD provided an interesting introduction to the interview. On the same day, the Port Macquarie News featured a photograph of Oxley Club President Henry Lundell, VK2ZHE, and Vice President Jim Neal, VK2VIV, and an article based on the club's media release. In a further radio spot, Henry VK2ZHE and Michael VK3KI were interviewed on the Super Radio Network across the country. On Monday, a brief but prominent item about the field day was included in the NBN TV 6 o'clock news. Prime TV have also arranged with Henry to shoot footage for an item, Ham Radio 100. The club will be conducting a training assessment weekend in the near future and as a result of the publicity, it is expected that the participants will include several people who otherwise would never have made contact with the club. And the centenary of organised amateur radio here in Australia, the publicity blitz continues. First in Canberra during the WIA centenary convention when radio clubs at Wagga, Mount Gambier and Port Macquarie all score excellent promotion using the WIA media kit. This is being recorded on the WIA website Centenary section under a new page called VK100 WIA Club and Media Feedback. As clubs report their successes in getting media coverage and provide newspaper clippings, reports and other material, they will be posted on this site. Now, it's far too detailed for us to cover here in a single broadcast, but, well, without it being done justice to all concerned. Today, however, we will hear part of an interview that occurred on ABC 774 in Melbourne just last Tuesday. The first voice you hear is presenter Red Simons and he's talking with Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club President Chris Chapman, VK3QB. Almost 100 years ago, we could make direct radio
2: contact with England. Chris Chapman, he's commemorating a historical event in Australian radio history. Good morning Chris.
3: Good morning Red, how are you?
2: How do you get a signal to England?
3: Really, what happened during, uh, during that early, uh, early part of radio history was uh, a number of people uh, thought that it was possible and uh, conducted some experiments. And finally, in uh, 1921, we able to prove that it was commercially viable uh, for a signal to be transmitted uh, from the UK to Australia.
2: And you are commemorating this historic event, I believe.
3: Yes, in a, in a broader context, as a part of the Wireless Institute of Australia's centenary, uh, one of our local radio club members came across this little um, or little known historical event that occurred in uh, in Cooee, and uh, we thought it would be a, a little bit of fun and uh, and also appropriate to uh, to reenact this original communication as a part of the, the, the Wireless Institute's 100 years.
2: What was the, what was the communication?
3: Uh, it read, "Warmest greetings to you and all our kinsmen under the Southern Cross. May this first direct wireless press message to Australia." the harbinger of that closer communication between the mother country and Australia.
2: We we share your excitement about this uh, historic occasion. You get, can put a plaque on the original site, I believe.
3: We've agreed with the local historical society down there that we'll, uh, we'll put one of those roadside plaques in place uh, commemorating the event. Hello, oh no, Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Red.
1: Chris Chapman. The reenactment and plaque unveiling occurred last Friday at up, just south-east of Melbourne. Mark Stevenson, VK3PI of Western and Northern Suburbs Amateur Radio Club in Victoria, say they have a VK100WIA special event field operation, June 21. Mount Cooper Field Operations, the highest point in metropolitan Melbourne. Keep your ear out for this one this weekend. It's day three of WANSCARC, VK100WIA operations. WANSCARC members will operate in the field at Mount Cooper, just north of Reservoir and south of Bandura. HF, VHF, and UHF, operations will be conducted together with D-Star and Digital Amateur Television. Now this is another excellent opportunity for the public to see and hear amateur radio in action as part of the WIA Centenary Celebrations.
4: Ambers across Australia, I'm Alan, VK1 Whiskey X-Ray. VK1, Saturday the 12th saw a group head up to Mount Janini to undertake some maintenance of the equipment following a failure of the two metre repeater earlier in the week. Overworked during the AGM, possibly. The group comprised of Peter, 1NPW, Glenn, 1NUT, Bruce, 2MIB, Matt, 1MA, Adam, 1FADD, and girlfriend Karen, and of course Phil, 1PL, accompanied by daughter Erica. They arrived after a reasonable trip up the road, encountering thin patches of snow between Bullshead and Mount Janini. When the hut was opened and made ready to get into, it was noticed that the tower and antennas were caked with snow and ice. So they thought, this could be a bit dangerous. Bruce was volunteered as the sacrificial lamb to bring the tower a couple of times so the bulk of the ice would fall in a controlled manner. It was impressive to see the clumps fall and break up on the way down. As the snow was up around the concrete base of the tower, and on reading the instructions on the can of waterproofing paint it was decided there was no point in proceeding with the brush back and repainting as the instructions stated you should only do this when the temperature is above 10 degrees something that won't occur until late october at the earliest it was confirmed that the issue with the repeaters was once again the repeater controller not working following a brownout everything was shut down Tools were got out and work started on the 70 centimetre and 2 metre transmitters to change the CTCSS tones over to the 91.5Hz standard. This was done, everything put back in place. The opportunity was taken whilst there to remove some pieces of metalwork still remaining from the old triangular tower, with Bruce attacking a number of bolts still sticking out of the ground with his angle grinder. After that, they all had lunch, packed up and headed home. The Genini site is now transmitting a subtone of 91.5 Hz on both 147.950 and 438.050 MHz and you need a subtone of 91.5 Hz to access the 70 cm repeater. 2 meters is still open squelch. VK2, Riverina Field Day, 2010, 25th of July. The Albury-Wodonga Amateur Radio Club, AWAC, formerly the Twin Cities Radio and Electronics Club, are hosting their Hamfest on the 25th of July. It will be conducted this year at the 1st Lavington Scout Hall in Mush Street, commencing at 10am. Attending will be ATRC from Sydney selling Yasu, Icon, Kenwood and much more. Yasu is also attending with a new range of products. There are a number of other suppliers and distributors, connectors, cable large antenna supports as well as second hand equipment. There will be hot food available, free tea and coffee across the day. Tables are $10 each and entry is $5 per person. VK3 Gibstech 2010, it's almost that time again. Gibstech 2010 will be happening on the weekend of 10th and 11th of July at the Monash University Gippsland campus in Churchill, about 170 kilometres east of Melbourne. Gibstech is a well-recognised reputation as a premier amateur radio-technical conference, with its primary focus on techniques applicable to VHF, UHF and microwave bands, especially for weak signal contacts. A partners' tour will be conducted, together with an informal social gathering for dinner on the Friday and the conference dinner on the Saturday. Details of the presentations offered to date, together with MAPS, An outline of the accommodation options and downloadable registration form are available from the Eastern Zone Amateur Radio Club website vk3bravoechozulu.org If you are planning to attend, please register by July 2nd. VK4 Q News Gavin VK4 Zulu Zulu tells us that the date for the famous and popular Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club AGM at Camp Fairburn near Emerald has been announced.
5: Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club Secretary Gordon Victor Kilo for Kilo Alpha Lima has advised that the annual general meeting will be on from 4pm Friday the 17th to midday Sunday the 19th of September 2010. You can find out more by contacting Gordon on email victorkilo 4 Lima at wia.org.au
4: VK7 Tasmanian radio engineer Barry McCann, VK7 Tango Bravo Mike, has received an OAM in the Queen's Birthday Honours for his contribution to maritime communications. Barry was the co-founder of what has become Australia's largest marine radio network. Coast Radio, a radio communication network manned by volunteers, providing radio services to commercial fishers and recreational boaters. The network covers a large stretch of water from the South Australian-Victorian border, 300 nautical miles south of Tasmania and up to New South Wales-Victorian border. The idea for the Marine Radio Network came about after Barry spent an unplanned night at sea in the mid-70s after engineering his boat failed. Congratulations to VK7 TBM Barry McCann OAM.
0: Produced by Q News for the WIA. This is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1WIA. With Education,
2: Youth and Advancement of Amateur Radio, I'm Jason VK2LAW. On Saturday the 22nd of May, John VK3XD and Ewan VK30W conducted foundation assessments for four candidates who had been preparing under the guidance of Stephen VK3SN. Claire, Madeline, Michael and Bronwyn worked hard to be ready and were rewarded with successful completion of all requirements. All have now been issued with call signs and have had their first QSO. Claire, VK3FCEW, Madeline, VK3FMCW, Michael, VK3FMAW and Bronwyn on 1 VK3FIRH listen out and say hello to these new foundation amateurs persons in the northwest area of VK7 interested in training and assessments for all classes of amateur radio are advised that the ATV group can provide all these requirements and in addition provision of facilitators via the radio and electronics school if candidates so desire For more information regarding these facilities, please contact the club's learning organiser, Tony VK7AX, or the club. Contact details can be found on the club website or the WIA site under VK7 Clubs. VK's weather channel, world attempt record. The Weather Channel is calling on schools across Australia to help it break the Guinness World Record for the world's largest interactive weather report as part of National Science Week. For the record to be broken, over 261 schools will need to measure the temperature in their playground at midday Eastern Standard Time on August 18 and send it through to the Weather Channel. This information will become part of the Big Report, which will be broadcast on the Weather Channel at 6pm Eastern Standard Time that night. The current record of 261 schools was set by the BBC in March this year. To take part, schools need to register online before July 21. Congratulations to South Africans Jenny Mini, ZS4JR, and his triplets Janita, Hanili, Amelia, and his wife Joanne Archie, who have all passed their recent RAE. It's just more than possible that it's the first time triplets wrote and passed the RAE together. Congratulations to all of you.
3: Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the southeast of South Australia and western border districts of
6: Victoria, it's relayed on the four network two-metre repeaters of Mount Gambier, Narracourt, Kingston and Bordertown at 9am each Sunday. This is John, VK5 DJ from the Southeast Radio Group.
7: I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, and from your friends here in the United States at the Amateur Radio Newsline, we say... A hearty congratulations to the Wireless Institute of Australia on its 100th
0: anniversary. From the United States of America, we are the Amateur Radio Newsline. Heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the WD9GOE repeater serving Marissa, Illinois. DL9KCE reports via the IARU Region 1 website that a review of a possible revision of the European Union Directive on Interference to and from telecommunications devices might impact on amateur radio. In Article 3, the directive contains a number of essential requirements to protect health and safety, ensure electromagnetic compatibility, and to avoid harmful interference. The way in which these essential requirements are defined in the directive is generally considered appropriate by stakeholders. However, the concept of intended use of the equipment seems to create some confusion between the essential requirements of the directive and other public interests, such as public security of freedom of communications, which is beyond the scope, but which might affect the amateur radio service in the future. There's also been some evidence suggesting that harmonized standards may sometimes be too stringent. Market surveillance campaigns have shown that a proportion of unlicensed low-power devices appear to be non-conformant with the harmonized standards. However, the recorded level of harmful interference does not seem to have been affected by this. In the end, the report on the directive says that the scope of the directive needs to be reviewed. For instance... The radio and TV receivers, which are not able to transmit by radio or cable, do not fall within the scope of the directive, while those which are able to transmit signals do. And for ham radio, it also means that any changes to the directive will have to be carefully watched. Extracting radios from old mine shafts.
8: Another story from the weird and wonderful file. Hello, I'm Jim Linton, VK3PC. At the end of World War II, with peace declared, huge quantities of equipment were simply dumped. A story published in Signal, the magazine of the Vintage Military and Amateur Radio Society, concerns reports of Royal Air Force radio gear being tipped down disused coal mine shafts in Staffordshire. A local farmer, Thomas Weston, retrieved thousands of these units and, through an associate, George Eyre, sold them on the open market to make a tidy profit. Everything was going well until the farmer's local member raised a question in British Parliament about this disgraceful waste of resources occurring at a time the nation was undergoing tough post-war financial restraint. That caused a political storm and the farmer was threatened with legal action by the Coal Commission on the grounds that he was trespassing when entering the mines. But in the following year, 1947, the farmer got under their guard by buying land containing two old mine shafts and, without restriction, restarted his enterprise. It seems that other things were dumped after the war, too. Rumours include items ranging from old mess hall cutlery right through to boxed, unassembled aircraft.
3: It's weird are and-
1: Thanks, Jim. Here in southeast Queensland, at Archerfield, just opposite the airfield, in those huge waterfield quarries and surrounds, are said to be several Lancaster bombers buried after 1952 on the Woomera tests. At Drayton on the Darling Downs, it's said that brand new Mustang fighters, still crated, are buried, just awaiting the unearthing. And Jim is correct on that cutlery. During my stint in the army, I was involved in burying goodies no longer required, buried on the military land at Balimba. Now, nothing exotic, but if you are after well-worn cutlery.
0: From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1WIA.
7: Operational News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. Special Events and On-Air Contest column, Dateline 2010. June 19 and 20, WIA Winter VHF UHF Field Day. July 3 and 4 NZART Memorial Contest. August 14 and 15 WIA Remembrance Day Contest. August 21 and 22 International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. International Museum Weekend. This weekend, five Australian museums, all in Victoria, are being activated by radio clubs. Amateur Radio Victoria VK3RAN will be operating from the HMAS Castlemaine Museum ship Dr. Jem Pierre Williamstown today. Other stations are Gippsland Gate Radio Electronic Society VK3 BJA at the Cooey Rub Swamp History Society Museum, Geelong Amateur Radio Club VK3 ATL at the Queenscliff Maritime Museum, Rabin and District Radio Club VK3 APC at its own radio museum, and Geelong Radio Electronic Society VK3 ANR Old Geelong Jail. In total, there are 50 museums in Australia. England, Greece, Norway and Scotland. Special Events Stations, Repeater, Beacon, DX and Net advice. DX Operation Cancelled After Burglary W6ZL has cancelled his current A35 KL operation from Tonga. David has decided to leave Tonga on June the 2nd and return to California after his guest house room was burglarized last weekend. He says that he may be back in Tonga for the CQWW contest later this year. Hello from Greece. SV2FPU would like to inform you about forthcoming activity from Scopulos Island on Lighthouse Gurundi. iota EU072, Special Hellenic Call J48S, period 19 to the 26th of June 2010. More is on www.qrz.com. The Q News Workbench. Designer and electronics enthusiast Diana Ring. KC2 UHB, has developed a collapsible fabric Yagi for portable amateur radio satellite operation. In her column in Make magazine, she writes that one of her favourite ham radio activities is making contacts on satellites. She says that it is really fun to know that you are controlling something that's receiving and sending communications from space. Eng notes that communicating with satellites means carrying a big Yagi antenna around so she decided to use her fashion sewing skills to make a collapsible fabric Yagi antenna that's much easier to transport. Thin brass tubing is used for the elements, while rolled-up cloth doubles as both the boom and carrying case. This makes it easily transportable as well as quick to set up in the field or for classroom satellite demonstrations. Full instructions on how to build one is online. Read the text edition of this news at wia.org.au. VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham.
6: Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group news. Worldwide Special Interest Group's final frontier. Name the CubeSat project. SAMSAT is inviting ZS radio amateurs to propose a name for its CubeSat project. The project was announced at the recently held Space Symposium and will involve the design and construction of a CubeSat. A CubeSat is a 10cm cube with a mass of up to 1kg. The project name should be a single word in any of South Africa's official languages and reflect the spirit of the project. A good example is the name given to the Around the World Balloon Project which is called Lalila, the Zulu word for listen. The winning entry will receive a satellite handbook. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Internet, the HAMS domain. VK7AX EQSO chat room. A reminder that the ATV group now has a chat room available on EQSO courtesy of VK7AX. The server and chat rooms can be found on the EQSO under the call sign of VK7AX two rooms are available at the moment, 101 English and ATV and SSTV chat. An EQSO RF gateway with a link to the VK7RTV 2 metre repeater is permanently connected to the 101 English room, which effectively means that all 2 metre VK7RTV repeater traffic is available when connected to the 101 English chat room of VK7AX. It is suggested that non-RF type traffic use the ATV and SSTV chat room where it's more private and clients need not worry about being connected to the repeater network. Amateurs interested in EQSO can download the software which is free and available at EQSO.org. This year the AWRL will be using Twitter to promote their field day events. According to ARRL Media and Public Relations manager Alan Pitts, Whiskey One Alpha Golf Papa, more and more people both young and old are using social networking sites such as Twitter and Facebook to keep their friends up to date with the latest activities. Twitter is a social networking and microblogging service that enables its users to send and receive messages known as tweets, text-based posts of up to one hundred and forty characters. Social networking is new to a lot of us, but it really is not hard at all to learn and to do. The more people on, the more tweeting we do. We have the wonderful opportunity to expose amateur radio to a new audience. Worldwide special interest groups, Radio Scouting, one of the most iconic UK special event call signs, GB2GP, Gilwell Park, the headquarters of the Scout Association UK, is on the air this weekend, the 19th and 20th of June. A team of nine UK radio scouters from all over the south of England will be running not only the station, but also lots of different radio activities. These will include radio orienteering for the beavers and cubs. Over 5,000 beavers and cubs, aged 5 to 10, half of which are from the UK, are at the event and they'll be using all the usual HF and VHF frequencies as well as Echolink. They should be found at or around the World Scout frequencies, the most common of which are 7.090 and 14.290 MHz. In keeping with Boy Scouts of America Centennial theme, celebrating the adventure, continuing the journey, four retired badges have been brought back for the USA's groups 100th anniversary. Effective date for the earning of these new merit badges: Carpentry 1911 to 1952, Tracking formerly stalking 1911 to 1952. Pathfinding, 1911-1952, to 1952, and Signalling, formerly Signaller, 1910-1992, to 1992, is April 1, 2010. The requirements must be completed no later than December 31, 2010. The Contemporary Merit Badges closely resemble the original designs of their counterparts, but with a gold border, immediately identifying as a 2010 Historic Merit Badge. Worldwide special interest groups, Rescue Radio. The next Weissen event is the LCCC Mini Cora Rally, being held on Saturday, July the 25th. This rally will have eight stages, consisting of four stages, each run twice, and will be run with two stages near Town Zoo Pipelines and Bluets and two out near Uriana. That's Sherwood, Tidbin, Billa. The CRARC need to support 12 field stations with a suitable number of people in HQ. And Gavin, vk 4 Zulu Zulu advises that Fred Swainson has planned a public safety training weekend for Townsville for the 30th and 31st of July 1st of August at SES HQ Townsville. Fred
5: would like all those amateurs who are interested in doing this course to register on the WIA website and contact Roger as soon as possible. For those with Certificate for training and assessment, it will be an excellent course that will give qualifications in emergency communications, both Wyson and State Emergency Services. For those without Certificate for but with Wyson interest and experience, you can still become involved and do the course. Fred can take a total of 15 participants. Fred will conduct a course on Friday evening, followed by Saturday from 8am to 4pm, then Sunday from 8am to 4pm. He will deliver the trainer training in about half the hours that is required for ordinary participants, so it is a very full weekend and well worth the effort.
6: This is a great opportunity, NQ amateurs, so don't miss it. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne.
1: Thanks, Robert. Robert's been a busy lad again, looking after the printing of the VK100WIA QSL cards. He and Jeff through the week have been unpacking them. They're getting ready to be filled out. If you've worked VK100WIA, keep a lookout at your club as the cards will be sent via the QSL Bureau very, very shortly. Okay, till next we meet. This is Graham, VK4BB, croaking softly.
0: In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported, you decide.